So we got a truckload of mulch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to Jacksonville. We're getting everything set up for Anna's birthday. I, and I've got her biggest present ready for her. <laughs> so just got to figure out how I'm going to give her her biggest present. So <sighs> sorry about last minuteing that. Well, not even last minuteing, last five seconding that <laughs> to you. <laughs> Did you want mulchers or dirt? But I was like not thinking about it until I saw the sign uh-huh. and was like, oh, crap. And I didn't want to like go there and have you go oh no we're fine because i hate driving through there because i always feel like they're gonna be there waiting and like where are you going type situation if you said no you know what i mean mm-hmm. so but uh and the mexican place wasn't that bad it was was good it wasn't expensive so it was good but we tried the smoothies finally and i honestly there's nothing special yeah. in fact they were unspecial yeah it was like <sighs> the problem was that they weren't even like it's that halfway in between crap that I don't like when it comes to smoothie places where it was obvious that they wanted to have that fresh, you know, fruit kind of vibe Mm -hmm. while also, you know, giving you the option of, you know, the healthy aspects to it. So being able to go there before you hit the gym with getting creatine or protein powder, but they were also using like pumps of flavoring like Jamba Juice, and then they had options for other, like, you know, instead of using water in your smoothie, which, I'm sorry, I don't think I've ever been to a smoothie place that tells you that the thing that makes it smooth is water. Mm -hmm. They've always been ice cream or some kind of juice that's, like, fresh juice or something. Oh, there's with water? Yeah, that was the option, was that she was saying that it's either, like, a milk or it's water. Not even ice. No. That it's water. And I was just like, I, okay, is like the strawberry banana one that I got. It was strawberry syrup and then a whole banana. And so, and then it was, she's told me that it came with water so I could change it to, you know, be, it was regular almond milk, oat milk, um, coconut milk or coconut water. And then they also had chocolate almond milk. And then they had regular milk. And it was just like, I, okay. <laughs> like, that's just, those are odd choices for a smoothie place that's, you know, I just, mm-hmm. like, not even like ice cream. Like, you don't have anything else. And it's not like they had a lot of options for, for the drinks either. Like, either they couldn't come up with anything or what. And then on top of that, being able to sit there and realize that, the protein powder that they had is the same stuff that you can get at Walmart in the clearance section. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That's why it didn't taste that great. Okay. And so it's just... Well, I, and that... Was it canned Was it canned peanut butter? I don't know. Oh, I didn't watch her make it. I just... It, it just wasn't good. It was nothing special. It was yeah. so unspecial that it was... And then on top of that, the inside wasn't, like, decorated. Yeah, no, it marks the whole place. The sign wasn't special. Yeah. The website had been there. It wasn't special. They've got their Facebook page not special they're not promoting themselves they've got three standardized blenders our blenders better than their blenders oh yeah and by far and it was like oh well, yeah because it's obvious and then the chairs the, were the ikea little fold-up <laughs> ones and, and the it, ice machine was not it was worse than ours mm-hmm. it looked nicer but it was obvious when she started scooping that ice that it's not a good mm-hmm. ice machine. it's not a commercial ice maker at all and so, so yeah. it's just everything about that place was just it just screamed some person that had a dream for opening their own smoothie place and nobody told them, hey, 
that's probably not a good idea because blah, 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 blah. And nobody sat down with them and made sure they had a business plan and an idea and enough mm-hmm. money to actually do what they needed to do because it did. It I know seemed... what this was. I've seen this way too many times. This is when somebody's like, you know, we don't have a smoothie place here. Yeah, we, we'd have to be able to. We should we should start a smoothie place. Oh, well, we got to find a place. And how much is it? Oh, it's only three hundred dollars a month. And then I and it's triple net. And what does that mean? Uh, it means it includes garbage and water. Oh, well, that's good because we're going to have an ice maker in there. Okay, how much are we going to spend on the ice maker? Um, like three hundred dollars, and it looks like it was used, right? Oh, okay. What about the blenders? Oh, we're going to get these blenders, and you get all three of them, and they finance it, so you're paying a hundred dollars a month. Oh, okay. So we're up to you know, and then what do you think the electricity is going to cost on it? Probably another three hundred dollars. Okay, so seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, gosh, that's not bad. We sell under if we sell three smoothies a day. That's what their brains do. That's exactly mm-hmm. what people like. That's brains, do. and it's like no, no, you no, 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 no. You have to sell 30 smoothies a day just to pay for your employee after just base cost. Okay? 30 smoothies a day just to pay for that. You have to spend, and if you're going to do that, then you need to go 15 over that. So you need to do 45 smoothies a day. Doesn't sound like that's hard to do. Okay. But you have nothing that yeah. sticks you out in, in anybody. And then you sit there and you say, okay, well, my rent, right. And then your taxes and then your operational expenses, your foods, your ingredients, your loss. You have to include your losses, your marketing expenses, everything else. Now you need to do 2,000 smoothies a day is what you're looking at for your numbers to be profitable because one day you have a bad day. And the next day you got to do twice as, you know, twice as many. Mm-hmm. And you got to make up those numbers. And so your numbers just fall apart and you're just like, Where's where's it going to be? You know, where what are you going to be doing? And it's like, uh, uh, well, and then you just close your doors because you had a poor business idea. And then you know what you do? You brag about I owned my own business. You know, I started my own business. I brought it up from nothing and to nothing. It went returned, (laughs) you know, so it's just it amazes me. Yeah, it was not anything special. And like I said, it was like when Sips was opening, it was the same kind of thing. Hey, there's no like just drink place out here. Mm-hmm. Just regular energy to like mixed drinks that people can get and blah, right. blah, blah. And they did it right. They did a small place, no seating mm-hmm. that, you know, no walking inside, purely drive through, which out yep. here is, you know, the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And they we have drive through beer. It's, yeah. it's, it's like crazy for coming from California. It's like drive through liquor stores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like they, they, they advertised like there was no tomorrow. They got other mm-hmm. businesses involved. They got coupons going out. They, they did not stop telling everybody what was going to happen. And they opened and they had business constantly. Mm-hmm. And even when it slowed down, they were still profitable obviously because they had a bunch of people still coming back and they had enough that they didn't close down in a month and it's been a year and a half and they're perfectly fine they tried to open up something else but then it just they were going to go an ice cream version and have you know a bunch of things like that but it was kind of the same thing as the smoothie place where they kind of did it and realized hey you know people don't there's not enough of a demand for ice cream or froyo out here not at all and that building that they've got that they got for that it's just it's not that building is so poorly placed and it's not worth it because of how high up it is and we've already hated the people that were there before Mm -hmm. before they got kicked out (laughs) and then so it's like i that building is just in a horrible spot because the Mm -hmm. snow cone place that's right next to it they do perfectly fine and they're barely ever open (laughs) Yeah, and not so, special. They're nostalgia, 100%. They're, oh, my parents used to take me there when I was kids type place. Uh, r- really, because it's not, they're not special. They're good, 
there's just nothing oh my gosh like this is such a, this hawaiian snow with you know these organ there's there's nothing special about it it is literally just what how many pumps of what syrup do you want you know oh. but they're always packed when they're open yeah like somehow people know when they're open and they're packed like people are like mm, okay you know it's like all right you know but but this place no no poorly executed poorly and and you know and you can't tell what it is from the street right at no, all no it's, it's a 45 mile an hour road and their sign is black and white on a gray building and and you can't tell well and, and here's the thing you, you can't say it's just the location because there's a little mexican place right at the very end of that that has pictures of their food out front yeah and they are packed yeah you know and it's like so you look at that and it's like okay that's what you need to do so but this is one of those that look and and i i encounter this all the time Okay, Miss Rhonda's was kind of my final straw out here. I'm not wasting any more time. Where all these people open these businesses, think they know how numbers work, think they know how business works, think they know how marketing works because they watched a couple of YouTube videos, right? Mm. And it's like, and don't need your help. And then want your help as the business is sinking. Yep. And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for you. It's like hiring an attorney while you're serving your prison sentence. After you've already been found guilty and you're like, hey, you know what? I, yeah, I, I think I want you anyways. You, you don't even have the money for me. It's too late. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're on death row. Confess to it. You're done. That's that's all there is to it. So welcome to the afternoon dive on the stupid podcast on everything where I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. We know we're coming off late, but we hope we uh, make up for it in our quality of our content. We've just had a very, very busy day. So we got some good ones today. Okay, go for it. <laughs> there, some of them are, are going to be pretty funny. Um, okay. We'll start with this one. <laughs> I'll take funny over horrible human beings. That well, there's, there's still, you know, unpopular <laughs> opinions, but uh, this one I just thought was funny. Okay. It's titled, There Should Be a Discount on Haircuts for Balding People. I'm thinking 20% at least. Why am I paying full price for you to cut half of a head of hair? I'm a male, and a haircut is about $48 plus tip is another 10 so about $60 for a haircut. If I barely have any hair on the top and really just need a fade on the side, it should not cost $60. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you tell... This is the kind of person that has this logic. Why is the pizza place that's three blocks away from me charging me the same delivery price as they would charge somebody who lives five miles away? Shouldn't I get a discount because I live this close to them? Yeah, it's called show up. And if you want to get a discount, I'm like, are you going to be out of the chair faster than everybody else because you have less hair? No, because most of most of what doing in your hair has very little to do with your actual haircut itself. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you sit down for a buzz or whatever it is, right? Because they still have to sanitize everything, clean everything. They have mm-hmm. to do all the maintenance. They have to sweep out your chair. They have to wash the the uh, the apron that was sitting around you. Shoulder guards are still sweeping off your neck. They're still doing the same level of service. Why you you have the same mentality as somebody who is you know. I want to go to a buffet, an all-you-can-eat buffet, but I think I should pay less because I don't eat as much as other people. That's not the way the world works. You're still taking up the same seat, same space, same time, and the amount of work that's done is done behind the scenes too, and so it doesn't matter. It's all calculated in together. I mean, that's that's great. If you want to think that way, open up your own salon. Guarantee you that mentality won't stick with you. Go ahead. What's your opinion? I, I mean, it's an unpopular opinion because it's wrong. <laughs> 
I I mean I just think it's I just think it's funny because I, I at that point I always think it's funny when people complain about things like that. Learn to cut your own hair. Like uh, that's literally mm-hmm. you want to not pay for it. Cut your own damn hair. Like I have never understood that. I oh my god i'm never gonna complain about how much it is to pay for somebody else's service to me that's their choice they they have either have a flat rate or they charge you based on you being a recurring customer Mm -hmm. and the amount of work that your hair is clearly you are not going to somebody that charges you for sitting there and going off of the amount of hair and the amount of work it's going to be they're charging you for a flat rate for a service and you're mad about it also Forty-eight fucking dollars for a haircut? Where the hell are you getting a haircut? Are you going mm-hmm. to a salon? Because you're balding. Go to a barber. What are you talking about? Ten-dollar haircuts at all these other places, and you. Uh, so clearly, either you're actually genuinely stupid, and you just went to this place because somebody said, "Oh yeah, they do a great job here," and you didn't think about the fact that it was a salon and you're a balding man. Or you know that you're going to this place because they're the only ones that can do my hair right. But why am I paying this much money? If it's that much of a problem, mm-hmm. go to Great Clips. Like, what do we go to Supercuts? <laughs> like, they are ten, fifteen dollar haircuts. You want to fade yeah. and you're balding? Flat rate, ten dollar haircuts, and you're over here complaining about tip and all that. Like, oh my god! First of all, ten dollars for a what? What did he originally say it was? Yeah, it's it's ten dollars on forty eight. <laughs> on mm-hmm. a forty-eight dollar haircut. That's about right. What percentage is that? Twenty percent. That's just that's a lot. It's Twenty-one, twenty-two percent. But that's that's no, that's that's about right. You're you're giving twenty percent to a good salon. But here's the thing: if you don't have much hair and you're a quick cut through, why are you going to a salon? Exactly. That's what just, I'm. That's yeah. just, <laughs> just, just go to Supercuts and shh, or get a weed whacker. You know, or hey, you know what? I saw one. You can actually find them. Go to Craigslist and go look up a Floby. Anybody who is Gen X will know what a Flowbee is because it was literally it was a hair cutting system that used your vacuum cleaner. I've seen the mm-hmm. oh my god the mm-hmm. infomercials. So on just that. do it. Just get, go there. You're good. Anyways, so this one is titled "Calling Tex-Mex Style Tacos Inauthentic Makes You Sound Ignorant." Tex-Mex is a valid cuisine born from the immigrant experience that's just as delicious and culturally culturally valuable as Mexican cuisine. You may like tacos with chicken, cilantro, onion, and lime more, but they're not any more authentic to Mexican cuisine than tacos with ground beef, cheese, and tomato are to Tex-Mex. Enough with the taco supremacy. Unfortunately, Taco Bell and cheap supermarket kits cornered the market on Tex-Mex style tacos, but one of my favorite takeout spots in New York makes Tex-Mex style tacos with high quality ingredients, and holy hell, it's amazing. While inexpensive, it's not just mass produce, it's not just mass produced fast food fare, it's like thinking all ramen is just Marchon packets. And honestly, a supermarket taco kit really hits the spot every once in a while. All tacos are wonderful. All tacos are great. I can't stress this enough because it's really important down with taco gatekeeping. For the record, if it's made well, I like Mexican tacos more. However, I've come across so many that aren't made well, most often due to being way too dry between the chicken and the corn tortilla. Tex-Mex tacos I find are consistently great. I find them more dependable. You want to know my truth? Mm. What is it? Taco Casa? Right? I think it's Casa Taco. Yeah, Taco Casa. It's the one that's... We, we've had them several times. I like those. And they're... they're Because they have ground beef. They have sour cream. They have cheese. They have tomatoes. They have lettuce. Um, I think they have onions. Um, 
I don't care what they are. And I don't care what anybody else cares about. I've said this before when it comes to food. You can have whatever you want. You know what taco actually means? Taco is the equivalent to saying sandwich. In the U.S., England, more European European countries, anything that you put between two slices of bread is a sandwich, right? Mm -hmm. Named after the Earl of Sandwich. In Mexico, there are no fajitas, there are no chalupas, there are no any gorditas, any of that crap. They're literally just salt tacos. Unless they've changed since I've left there like 20 years ago. But they're, it's just tacos. It's like saying sandwich. It's anything you put inside a tortilla is a taco. So guess what? Whatever you like, if it's in a tortilla, it's a taco. Now, if I see somebody say, oh, taco sandwich, because I saw that at a place and I knew that it was absolutely the whitest white bread. Oh, my gosh. People <laughs> owning that thing. It was horrible. It lasted all of three months and closed down. You know, there's no such thing as a taco sandwich. Don't ever say that, right? <laughs> and it's like, but it's a taco. A t- everything is a taco. And it's, hey, whatever you like in your tacos. Some people like carnitas. Some people like burrillas. Somebody, some people like different styles of tacos, right? Some people like breaded and cheese fried tacos. That's awesome. You can like whatever you like. They're still just tacos. But saying which one's superior and which one's not, it's Coke and Pepsi, people. It's Coke and Dr. Pepper, Sprite. Who cares what soda you like and you find to be your favorite? They're all cola. Oh, wait. No, they're not cola because Sprite doesn't have cola in it. Cola is, means that. It specifically has a cola. Stop. That's just. If, if that really bothered you enough that you got onto Reddit and had to post up because you were just ablaze about somebody calling Taco Bell tacos tacos. No, they're, ta- they're talking or, about Tex-Mex. Well. I know, but I'm saying it's they're all tacos. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're complaining about in the taco world. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm looking at it going. I feel like you're making the same point, though. They're saying that if you call Tex-Mex tacos inauthentic, that you're being ignorant. Their point is basically that it's a taco yeah. just as much as a Mexican taco is a taco. It is, but it doesn't matter is what I'm just saying. At the end of the day, it's like, okay, so what do you care just my view. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm backwards. I'm, that's okay. I, Maybe I just agreed with this person accidentally. <laughs> so I'm feeling like right now. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling like right now. <laughs> yeah. I also agree. I think it's dumb when people sit there. Like, there's obviously, sometimes we walk into a restaurant thinking that it's a Mexican restaurant and it's Tex-Mex. And it's just not what we're in the mood for. We're in the mood for Mexican food. And sometimes we walk into a place and realize that it's true Mexican food. And we go, oh, you know what? I was actually mm-hmm. feeling more Tex-Mex. I still wanted the American side of the Mexican cuisine there. And so it's it. at the end of the day, I think it's just weird that anybody can call any level of food inauthentic. And especially because the majority of people that I've heard call Tex-Mex mm-hmm. inauthentic are people that don't live in Texas. Because it's like they come down here and they're like, man, why is there always Tex-Mex everywhere? It's like, because we're on the border of Mexico. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> look up the look up the statistics. How many people that are living in, te- in Texas are Mexican? They what don't do you count. Expect? They apparently don't count. I, right? Like, that's what they're sitting there saying. I just think it's so weird that, like, it was, it was one of those things we moved out here. And, yeah, there's a whole lot more Tex-Mex out here than there is Mexican food. Because... Mm-hmm. That's what it is. We're Americans, and there are still Mexican-Americans, and they have created this cuisine of both cultures mixing into one bit of cuisine Mm -hmm. to appeal to both sides. Because, 
when you grow up in Mexico and then you move to America and have your kids in America, those children are going to have a different palette than you. So Tex-Mex appeals to both sides of it. And there are people that go, ugh, Tex-Mex is awful. And it doesn't make sense to me because there's still qualities of Tex-Mex that are straight Mexican food. So it's just, it's so weird to me that when people do sit there and call Tex-Mex inauthentic or call a Tex-Mex taco inauthentic, like it's Tex-Mex, not Mexican for a reason (laughs) so it's just it's just i i agree with them i think it's stupid that people will say that because yeah it it is a taco Mm -hmm. no matter what's in it it's a taco (laughs) so why are you mad if you if they don't have the things you want in it for your specific tacos that you like then go somewhere else yeah it's just literally that simple don't sit there and call it inauthentic because that's it's you're literally how is it what makes it authentic I just that's always what what makes me laugh is like how we're how many years into Americans existing and bringing on all these different cultures all the time. So how in the world are we supposed to have authentic anything Mm -hmm. and what qualifies it as authentic? Oh, I was born, raised and learned all these things. and Now I'm passing it on to other Americans to make it for me. So it's still not authentic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's just like I yeah, I, I just always think it's hilarious to me. Like only way that something can be authentic is if you go to the place that it was originated from and eat it there by somebody that's been doing it and their family's been doing it for forever that's the only way that something in my book can be actually labeled as authentic do, do you know okay so you know i lived in chihuahua for a summer until uh, i was basically kicked out of the country um and uh one of the first things that i did no not one of the first things it was the first thing i did the very first thing that i did when i came back into the u.s I went to Jim Boy's Tacos. <laughs> I got three tacos, sat down, and I ate them, and I was very, very happy. And those are tacos, the only tacos that you'll ever have that have freaking Parmesan grated cheese on them. <laughs> and I freaking loved them, sat down, ate them, and it was like, ah, you know. And Amy doesn't like Jim Boy's. Amy never I liked Jim Boy's, Jim and Boy's. I absolutely love Jim Boy's. You know what my favorite thing at Jim Boy's was? Mm. Their horchata. Their horchata See, was I'm, stinking amazing. I'm so mad that I grew up my entire life not knowing that Jim Boys had horchata. That's just crazy. It makes me so angry. I want to try it so bad because I did not know that they had horchata. Yeah. I always went and I always got, because I remember my mom liked Jim Boys and she would get the burritos, the bean and cheese burritos there. Mm-hmm. And there's just, I, I never want to know how they're made because if I know how they're made, I'm going to make them. And I don't want to because I know that with the amount of grease that's on them, that they are probably so, so very bad for me. But I, my mom would bring those home every once in a while and she would eat them and she would never be able to finish one and she would give it to me. And I remember the very first time that I got to have my own and I regret it because I ate the whole thing and I shouldn't have because those things are massive. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was always somebody else would bring back Jim Boys. So I never went there. So I never looked at the menu until I was significantly older. And by that point, it was like, oh, I already know what I'm getting. I'm going to get a bean and cheese burrito. So mm-hmm. I never looked at the menu and I didn't know there was horchata. And it wasn't until you mentioned it, like one, after we moved, talking about, oh, I miss Jim Boys. I miss the horchata. And I was like, Jim Boys has horchata. <laughs> I was just yep. livid. I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> so... Anyways, that was like way off topic, but yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Not really, but still, yeah. <laughs> so this one is titled "Squirrels Are Beautiful Glorified Rats." Yep. 
Think about it. The thought of having rats just even crawl by you cringes you out. The thought of it grazing your skin makes you feel disgusted. But then we have beautiful looking rats, which are squirrels. We love to feed them, play, and admire them. But then if you actually access its features, it's just a fancy fancy rat. Kind of proves the general in inequality slash standards between ugliness and beauty. Definitely, definitely true. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> even think that's unpopular. I think most people who think about it are like... Yeah. But I think the problem is that people don't think about it. I feel like a lot of people look at it and they just like, oh, it's a squirrel. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, it's so cute. Don't really look at it. But they don't think about it until someone points it out. It's like, you know, it's just it's just a rat. It's just a rat with a nice, a nicer f- fur coat and a puffy tail. That's all it is. <laughs> and it's not like they are any le- less of a nuisance too which is part of mm-hmm. what i think is hilarious it's like yeah okay my bad they eat nuts that are outside they'll go and they'll you know ta- attack your crop of corn if they get a hand on it but that's just a rat that lives outside mm-hmm. and primarily eats outside things if a squirrel gets in your house you will be very upset <laughs> because they are skittish run around and squeal just like a rat they are a rat but yeah no i think it's funny that like there are just so many people that are in denial of things like that and i think that's the problem is that yeah if they came down to it legitimately if they could like sit down answer a survey they'd be like, yeah i know a squirrel's a rat but, like, if people sit there and, like, you mm-hmm. don't want a pet squirrel. They'll be like, yes, I do. Okay, then I'll get you a pet rat. That's not the same. Oh, my God. Rats are gross. <laughs> You're like, bro, it's the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no. there, There's no arguments to it. I, I, You know, here, you're right that they're prettier, right? But how many things in this world do we have that same mentality to because they're better looking, right? Yeah. Here, pigs are smarter more loyal, live longer, eat less, depending on the kind, obviously, and are more functional than dogs. Why do we have dogs? Because we like dogs. Right. Because they're pretty. And if you think otherwise, what actual benefit is there to having house cats? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, They kill the occasional, you know, pest. What do you got against a pest? (laughs) <laughs> why why do we, why are we so happy about butterflies and hateful about roaches right mm-hmm. roaches perf- actually fulfill a service you know where butterflies tear up your garden they or, do yeah they they eat your plants they eat your leaves they you know as larvae and as caterpillar yeah absolutely well yeah as caterpillars right. i thought okay i thought you were just talking about butterflies though no I, I don't even know if butterflies. I'm not even going to look Butterf- it up. Butterflies, okay. eat, they eat the neck. They are pollinators. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So, I, yeah. I, but still, you know, we, we look at things and are like, oh, they're so pretty. Don't do anything. And other things that like serve a purpose. Ew, get it out of here. It's a fly, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Next. <laughs> this one is titled, The Upper Middle Class Has Ruined Thrifting. I grew up low income and I spent my entire childhood thrifting, not for fun, but out of necessity. I'm almost 20 now. The change in the thrifting industry has been dramatic, to say the least. Growing up, I was called dirty because I would wear clothes from the thrift store. People would say it was gross to wear clothes that other people had already worn. It got to the point where I decided to stop telling people I thrifted in order to avoid the judgment. Fast forward to now. I see all these upper middle class girls posting thrift hauls for fun. I've never seen some of... I've even seen some of the same girls that used to make fun of me posting their thrift finds on Instagram. 
Instagram. They say dumb shit like, wow, who knew you could buy 30 t-shirts for 15 bucks? And it drives me crazy. They don't realize that for a lot of people, this is how they survive. They can't afford to go buy nice new clothes, so they have to go to the Goodwill. This has ruined the industry in a number of ways. Now it's much harder to find quality items compared to how it was a few years back. Now the low-income people have to compete with the middle class in order to find nice things. Because thrifting has risen so much in popularity, it's much harder to find good items because groups of teenagers who think it's cool to thrift come in and take all the good stuff. I have thrifted my entire childhood, and I can say without a doubt that it is much harder to find things now. The upper middle class also used to shop at the mall and donate whatever they got bored of later. Now many of them are shopping at Goodwill, and there's not as many nice things being donated. Not to mention, prices have risen dramatically. I think this is in part due to the fact that Goodwill has a new demographic of customers, the upper middle class. Their demographic primarily used to be made up of low-income people, so they had to keep their prices lower. But now that this demographic has changed, they are able to raise their prices. I just needed to vent my frustration because the thrift industry feels like it's being taken over by the upper middle class when it was designed to benefit low-income people. I'm still low-income, but once I make enough money, I will, s I will stop shopping at Goodwill and start buying my clothes new. Then I will donate the clothes to the nearest Goodwill when I am done with them. That way I will continue the cycle in the order that it was meant to be in. And then they edited it after a lot of people were commenting. It said, it's really funny to see all the angry upper middle class people in the comments. I knew this would be really unpopular, but it had to be said. Okay, so um, I can I chime in on this one first? Yeah. Okay, good. So we talk about it a lot on this on the show. I was Poe, right? <laughs> there was no or in my poor. I was Poe. I used to buy my own clothes and bought them from the thrift store. And I bought them from the thrift store because I was broke. And it wasn't just that I was broke. It was I was so broke that, like, I'm sorry. we I didn't have a Walmart, but we had Ross. Ross was upper echelon clothing to me, right? Like, mm -hmm. I looked at Ross and I was like, wow, they have actual Levi's. And one of the things they used to do is they used to cut the Levi logo out of the back of the jeans right so mm -hmm. everybody knew if you got your clothes from ross because your logo was cut the logo was cut out of the back whether it was bugle boys or whatever the heck pants you were getting but the thrift stores no they weren't like that right and the clothes that i used to get at the, the thrift store the thrift store that i went to in downtown vallejo every tuesday um they'd had a uh, a five dollar bag and it was just paper bags right and you can fit as many clothes or items that you want, non-electronic, um, in those bags and fill up the bag for five bucks, right? So people were, like, excited about this. Well, it happened because every Monday they would get all their stuff that came in from all the different churches and everybody who was, who was you know, uh, donating from all the different churches to the clothes thing. And, and you used to get this little voucher if you donated your clothes and you could say how much your clothes are worth and then you would get your tax deduction and all that stuff, right? So... Yeah, used to get pretty good clothes and like nobody, nobody. And well, here it is. Nobody at school ever criticized me because anybody who ever saw me getting clothes from the thrift store was in the thrift store because it was it was one alley way away from me walking straight up an alley to my house. Mm. <laughs> so so I could stay off the main road with big plastic bags of thrift store stuff never get busted, you know, never get called, caught or caught out. It was also a block and a half away from my mom's uh, um, antique store. <clears throat> Which meant that I could quite literally 
right? Just walk over to that store and then get a ride home. Nobody would ever know. And for bigger things that I got, that happened. My bike, I was, we were talking about a couple of days ago, um, you know, my poor boy's P- BMX. <laughs> um, you know, I got a thrift store. And it was like, and then my second one I got from a police auction. But anyways, then I became middle class. I went from being broke and poor to being middle class. Guess what? I still shopped at the thrift store. Still looked in the thrift store. Still got everything that I got in the thrift store. And now I'm upper middle class, right? Mm-hmm. And Or you could argue upper class. But guess what? I still shop at the thrift stores, right? At least at least once a month we're at, we're at a thrift store. We're somewhere thrifting or garage sale or, you know, um, secondhand store somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. We, we do that on the regular. How do you know that the people that you're criticizing weren't yeah you have your friends that are doing it now because it's trendy so what that's what keeps the thrift stores growing and expanding yes the prices go up the law of supply and demand is the law of supply and demand and great you're going to be one of those people that when you get upper class or upper middle class you're going to buy clothes and then you're going to donate those clothes great so what anything that keeps clothing and keeps old furniture and keeps plates and keeps you know, three-wheeled wheelchairs out of the frickin' landfills has a go by me, has a green light by me. You know, it's like that's that's just ridiculous that you're being critical because other people are in your store and they're not poor. Mm-hmm. So because they're not poor by your standards, they shouldn't be allowed to be frugal. And I just want to let you know that if you go to YouTube and you and just type in thrifting on YouTube. Most of the videos that you see in there, you know, hundred thousand views, fifty thousand views, twenty four thousand views, hundred nine thousand views. You know, I'm I'm literally just scrolling down them right now. It's like, yeah, it's like it's it's a thing. It it's a trend. That's what trends do. Nineteen thousand, twelve thousand. People are just that's what people do. And now that it's trendy, you're mad about it. It just makes no sense to me. Anyways, your 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 go. I, I don't feel like I have a, uh, really an opinion on this. It's just I I didn't do a whole lot of thrifting growing up, and mm-hmm. I just don't really I it, I understand the appeal for some things, but I don't understand the appeal for the trendiness that it is. I I just don't mm-hmm. get it. it. It feels like it's only something that is relevant to people that live in big cities like big big cities like los angeles and you know new york York because those are places where people that get designer clothes donate them after they're done so Mm -hmm. but regular regular places it's really not that big of a deal everything out here is secondhand (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so it's just i don't know i i feel like i don't have a an opinion on it okay (laughs) what do we got next uh this one is titled the rise of poor paint art like pouring paint Mm -hmm. is a disgusting show of wastefulness Mm -hmm. and i don't count it as real art not only do i think it's wasteful but i but it feels like a show-off move and feels so i don't know capitalist every person who spends time on it has the money to waste on it how many people have tried it at home and how much poor medium and uh and paint goes to waste during each and every painting 
kudos if anyone tries to save and repurpose leftover pores, but you know half the time the colors would mix into just a disgusting, unusable brown. It's overhyped and overmarketed. People throw a ton of these basic style paintings up on their walls, and it has zero original style. No real feeling to it. It's like the new live-laugh-love of wall hangings. Bring back hanging landscapes or surrealism up, or even unique abstract pieces, but please stop it with the stupid paint pores. <sighs> okay. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. Do you get mad at sculptors because of all of the marble that they waste and chip away and chisel away to get to whatever they want to, to you know, to carve? Like, do you get mad at, you know, people who are working with clay and make all these pots and pottery, knowing how much pottery they're wasting and how much clay they're wasting and all the, the, the stuff behind it. it. All art, everything we do, not just art, food, your home, building crafts, whatever it is, the chicken coop in the backyard, it all comes with a level of waste just to address that first part, right? Sculpting. Sculpting, you get rid of up to like 90%. Of the marble that gosh, those could have been marble slabs and counter spaces and and everything else. So, there. If if it's what somebody likes, what does it matter to you? What what does it matter? The other side of it, art always is in the eye of the beholder. Art is always subjective. Art is always, you know, whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. That's the value of it. I personally agree. That those paintings are, when I was a kid, we had the spire, not spirograph, gosh darn it, I don't remember what it was, but it was a little spinning thing. You put the drips and little paints down and you made the spinny art, right? And it was this cute little thing and it was spinograph or something like that, whatever it was. Great. This is just a big version of that. And if you don't like it, just don't buy it. But guess what? These videos, they these guys were doing these things. They love doing these things. Some people think they're absolutely amazing and they're beautiful and they make money doing it. What is it? How does that bother you? How does that affect you? What does it matter if they're wasting all of that paint? Because again, it's just their opinion, right? It's literally like, and this is, this is truly an unpopular opinion, I would hope. I would hope the comments would be like, so what? Because every art has waste levels of waste when you are cooking do you know how much food look i cut up when i go to cut up celery right 80 mm percent -hmm. of the celery doesn't make it into the dish depending on what kind of dish i'm making right if i'm doing elegant food and i'm doing beautiful food and i'm doing few food for plating and presentation let me tell you something um like i made haas and pfeffer last night right mm -hmm. how was it really good it made you want to get rabbits to raise and kill them so I could make this more often, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's like, but I had to peel the potatoes, I had to peel the parsnips, right? There's a bunch of the rabbit we didn't eat. Okay, so that's all waste, so we just shouldn't do that, right? No. Okay. So, no. I, your perspective is off because you wouldn't like it above your wall, so what? I don't want a landscape that, you know why I don't want a landscape above my bed? Because a landscape above my bed would remind me of my grandma's house, which has a landscape above her bed. Not really something that I consider, ooh, I want that in my bedroom. Anyways, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I, I literally just the amount of other things that that also have waste. It doesn't. Uh, 
I understand looking at things like that because you're watching the process with something like that because they really are very quick, very wasteful, mm-hmm. it like instant wasteful kind of uh, art. So I can understand the frustration, but yeah, at the same time, most fine art is wasteful. Mm-hmm. And it's it. I have always looked at things that are like, I, I don't know, I look at art as like, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I... I've never been one to look at like art and like want to go to an art museum and go and admire all these things and know all of these artists and everything. Like I just I don't get that part of culture. There's not anything yeah. being made today that interests me because we're not having any kind of you know like we're not in the middle of a renaissance. We're not doing all these new things. Mm-hmm. We're everything that we're doing is same old same old at this point. So when it comes to art. I don't really care because I've seen it before. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand continuing to make it because what literally, what is the point? We already have art all over the place from hundreds of thousands of years ago. And it looks better than a lot of the things that come out today. Oh, yeah. We've got this minimalistic viewpoint on life now, at least here in America. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get a house. All the walls are supposed to be white. You may have a bare accent wall somewhere, but the color is still going to be a very plain color. You have to have absolutely nothing going on in your room, in your in any kind of room. There's supposed to be some shelves with a little bit of stuff on it. Everything is just extremely, extremely minimalistic. And it's not like maximalistic stuff is messy. It just feels more homey. But for some reason, we have convinced ourselves that we can't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to landscape paintings and anything from the Renaissance and, and that kind of style... Everybody looks at it as, well, it's not plain enough to fit my home. Mm-hmm. And so it bugs me because that's we're in this constant demand, 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 demand. It's the same thing. Like, I understand your point, but I feel like your point needs to be about all art, period. Art is wasteful. Learning how to do all of the art things is wasteful. Nobody just woke up one day and knew how to make a pot. Mm-hmm. They had to fail over and over and over and over and make things that c- were not practical to use until they finally made a mug that could be used to drink stuff. But they had to go through that. So it's like art is wasteful. It just is. Mm -hmm. We live in a wasteful society. We have fast fashion right now. And nobody understands the horrors of fast fashion. But we keep buying from places like Sheen and all those other things. Mm -hmm. Because it works. Because no matter what, at the end of the day, if if it's cheap and people are going to get it and it's easy to make, they're going to get it. There's a reason Tima right now passed Wish this week, by the way. So yeah. So yeah, it's just that's the point. Is that's it is wasteful. Mm-hmm. It is going. This is what's trending right now. We'll make that up. Oh, that trends overthrow the entire stock out, and move on. That's what fast fashion mm-hmm. is, and it's cheap and it's bad quality. And that's how I feel about art today. There is not a single thing that it like. It, there are very few things that have a name for themselves that are different. Like it's like Marvel and Star Wars and DC and all these mm-hmm. other things. It's like yeah, they make new stuff all the time. There are a few one-offs of movies that come out that have nothing to do with the big brands that are actually good. Like it, literally, Midsummer has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A hundred percent. Really? Yes. Wow. One hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Random little thing. Bloop. Here you go. Here's a random movie. We kind of, you know, talked about it, gave a little bit of teaser trailers, but you didn't actually know what the movie was about at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And it terrified a lot of people because it was just creepy. A great movie. But it's like, that's, it's one-offs. For the most part, there are hundreds of thousands of movies that come out every year because 
They do because everybody mm-hmm. thinks that, oh, man, I'm going to be the next producer. I'm going to be the next big actor or actress. It's just wasteful. Mm-hmm. It is wasteful of people that could be doing great things and can be intelligent. People, and resources. Do you have yeah, any idea it, what kind of environmental impact film makes? The exactly. development of film, light, lighting, all the props and everything that gets thrown away. Art is subjective, but art is wasteful. It is just it's not. Wasteful. It's called art, not utilitarian. <laughs> art. I'm sure there is utilitarian art, yeah. but otherwise it's art. So, you know, and the products that go into making the products that are used for art are wasteful. So, yeah, just, uh, okay. <laughs> so this one, this one I wanted to put in because I, I had a, an opinion on it. Okay. <laughs> so it is titled, Many Parents Have an Unexamined Delusion That Their Children's Sports Prowess and Accomplishments Will Translate into a Meaningful Quality of Their Adulthood. I don't know if this is as prevalent in other countries, but at least in the U.S., the amount of time, energy, and devotion that the average person, or the average parent of young children has towards their kids' sport is completely unfounded. Essentially, none of these kids are or ever will be athletic superstars. The number that will even achieve a college athletic scholarship is very low, and in the off chance you have birthed some athletically athletic anomaly, the life of a professional athlete is not even particularly desirable in most cases. Why the insane focus on kids' sports? Aren't families busy enough? And then they also edited and said, a lot of people seem to think that my argument is that youth sports in general are bad, forced upon children, or a waste of time completely. This is not my belief. My belief is that parents grossly overemphasize overemphasize their children's athletic achievement Mm -hmm. within daily family life because our current culture equates children's athletic success with career slash life slash personal success as adults so i i want to i this is one of those things where i understand what you're saying i don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying but i feel like it's not the right point that i would make you're saying that people, you know, that have parents that have children are constantly touting how amazing their kid is at whatever sport it is. And they spend all this time and money getting their kid all of the help and everything that they need. So, on one hand, I want to say, fuck you for getting mad at parents for giving their child mm-hmm. what they want to do. And that is exactly what that's supposed to be. Yes, there are horrible parents out there that are disgustingly entitled and live through their children and go, well, I never got to play soccer, so you're going to play soccer. You don't have a choice in it. Those parents, yeah, I hate those parents. They're horrible people, and they deserve mm-hmm. to have. They don't deserve to have kids because that's, that's, not, that's just a horrible situation. But for the people that genuinely have their children go, you know what, mom, dad, I want to play soccer and I really want to play soccer. And then they put them in soccer and they're having a blast. That doesn't matter if they are the best player or the worst player. They're sitting there encouraging their kid to try something and stick with it, which my lordy, I wish the girls would be able to do because Mm -hmm. they don't have that right now. They have a million and one ideas, but they can't sit down and dedicate themselves to any one of them. Lily is so good at her art, but she won't do it. She wants to draw random little doodles every once in a while, but doesn't want to sit down and dedicate herself to a canvas. She's got 15, 16 canvases Mm -hmm. sitting in her room. She's had them for the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. She hasn't used a single one of them. And so it's just, it's getting your kid into something and then having that, and then keeping your kid in that thing because they said they wanted to do it and they're actually good at it and you're lifting them up. That has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. As a parent, your responsibility is to make sure that your child is happy. And if your child says soccer will make them happy, then my God, put that child in soccer because that's the point. It doesn't matter how many times they're going to go to practice, how much money their uniforms are, how many times they have to waste Saturdays going to games and tournaments and drive three, four hours away to go. I do it. If it makes the kid happy, who cares? Yep. 
That's it's exactly not right. about forcing this kid to make sure that this is their life path and their career. It's about giving them something that is an outlet and a separation from school because a kid's life is nothing but wake up, go to school, sit down all day, mm-hmm. have PE, you know, a little bit, a little bit of playtime, a and little, lunch. you know, lunch. And mm-hmm. then they come home and then they sit down and they do more work. And then they probably have chores that they're responsible for or animals they have to take care of. And then they eat dinner and shower and go to bed yep. and then wake up and do it all over again. And then Saturday and Sunday, they do nothing but maybe hang out with some friends. But at the end of the day, at least soccer or basketball or even, you know, badminton, volleyball, whatever it is, at least right. a sport is a productive use of their free time. They're not looking to be the next Fortnite player. You yeah. know, I want to be a Fortnite streamer when I yeah, grow nobody's up. Nobody's sitting there going, yeah, no, I'm going to be on this, you know, EA sports team. Like, I'm going to be so like, it's like, yeah, EA I'm sports. a COD master. Yeah, like it's really like you're not they're not sitting here being like yeah i'm gonna win the fifa world cup like oh you're gonna be a soccer player oh mm-hmm. i mean digitally like the game mm-hmm. i play fifa 20 like and, and it really is a thing and, yeah there are genuinely kids out there that are not healthy and they're not using their time wisely mm-hmm. and they have no social skills it's not just about the sport it's everything that the sport brings it teaches them how to be on a team how to work with other people mm-hmm. how to use their free time wisely they're being athletic which means they're getting out there and they're doing stuff and they're meeting different people every season yep and then they're also meeting and branching with other teams it's teaching them that it's okay to lose and it's that it just teaches them how to work better and everything like that like that's it's a great thing all around so instead of just sitting here shitting on the parents for dedicating that time i think you genuinely need to sit back and wonder why you don't like it and why you think it's a problem Mm -hmm. because i see parents that are supporting their kids and yes, they're they're over there. Yeah, no, the people that sit there and they're living through their children, going, yeah, well, my kid's gonna be the next blah blah sure. blah. When you see like the, the, the child pageants and you yeah. see like the you know all these child talent contests where they're like not there, you know where they're. Let me let me tell you the 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 mentality that this person's got affected affected people like me because I had a coach. I'm not kidding. Do you know what my baseball coach said? Hmm. I want to tell everybody here that there is absolutely no chance that any of you are gonna get into pro ball. Zero chance. So when I ran away and when I came back and everything went to Cluster City, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't stressing it until I realized that a high schooler throwing a 102.1 mile an hour fastball and the, the recruiter that came to me from Santa Barbara wasn't joking. You know, because I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to set my mind to this because how many people think I didn't know I never cultivated it. I would have never gone into hitting people, you know, because because holy crud, because now it's like I had looked up a couple of years ago. I think the record is like one hundred and five point eight miles an hour. I was three point seven miles off the world record at 17. Just just. Why? Because everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, nobody going in here. Nobody from Vallejo is going to achieve anything. Nobody. And you just you let that stuff get into your head. Yeah. It's toxic thinking just because you can't do it. And it's like now I don't do that anymore. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. in trucking and business and everything else. Oh, nobody makes the numbers that you guys are making on your podcast just because you don't because nobody else does. Doesn't mean that I don't. You know, Mm -hmm. I make mistakes. I mean, I made mistakes at the beginning of this month. I'm fixing them and I found them and I've got responses and I'm like, hopefully I've got this crap fixed now. And so it's like, but I don't stop, you know, and it's like, I'm sorry. And there are other podcasters who we've had who were critical of us. And it's like, 
who are you? It doesn't. And, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Which is healthier for me to just lay in my bed and be on my iPad all day scrolling Facebook and TikTok or doing this? Researching, keeping my brain active, keeping everything going. Which which is better for us to be working in the garden and, and only have a few dozen, you know, people on Instagram or to just be staying in the house because you're never going it's, 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 to never going to replace the entire grocery bill with a garden. God. So why would I even try to grow one? Like that's that mentality is just which we're rabbit growing away from doing that. So, yeah, it's like, so I, that's toxic thinking. And I'm sorry that somebody, I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that somebody probably thought that way about you and you just were like, yeah, you're right. And then brought it on to the next people. You know, my daughters can do what my daughters want to do. They're growing up. I want them to go outside. I want them to do things. I want them to be active. They yeah. love being in my boat. They love being outside, mm-hmm. and they're in denial of it so much sometimes. Lily's finally coming around to it, where she's like, you know what? Yeah, I'd much rather be outside and doing outside things than stuck inside. I know that moving dirt around and mulch around is, you know, a chore, but it's more fun than sitting inside and cleaning some stairs. <laughs> so I'd much rather be outside and having a good time and joking around and listening to music and building stuff and, you know, being physically active in the fresh air than sitting inside mm-hmm. all day every day when I just sat inside all day you know doing nothing but listening to a teacher talk and looking and typing on my computer like so it's just like I yeah it's the same thing for for sports would you rather your kids be doing absolutely nothing beneficial to them not making friends because they're stuck in the same little universe that their school is full of or going out and meeting more people and then having the opportunity to meet even more people with every single tournament every single game every single competition that they mm-hmm. go to and have networking and realize that their world is not as small as they think it is. <laughs> That's the biggest thing that sports do for kids is they go, wow, there's a lot of people that I don't know that I would like to know. And they make friends and they, those friends cannot go to their school and you'll never, you'll, they'll never know. Mm-hmm. For kids that s- sit inside sheltered all day being forced to be some kind of mathematical genius – those are the kids that have the hardest time trying to exist in society yeah. because, well, why would I even do a sport? You know, it doesn't even, it, what's the point? So it's just, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine it being like that too. And as toxic as my, my, my mom was, she never dissuaded me from going to sports. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I think it was kind of the opposite, whether she meant to or not was, hey, look, if you've got sports or after-school activities, you get to do those. Otherwise, you're here at the antique shop or you're at home. So I applied for everything. <laughs> I was not fast enough for track, right? Uh-huh. I was I sucked at soccer. Oh, my gosh. I was not. Really? Oh. Well, I, you know what? That doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a freaking tank. Yeah. A tank doesn't have agility. You know, <laughs> I, can't, I don't stop the soccer ball. I can't tell you how many times the, the guy that I'm running up on and had the ball would just do that little feint. Where they go like they're going to kick it, but they just they stepped on the top of the ball, yeah. flip it backwards. Yeah, and I hit the ground. Like, <laughs> just going for it type situation. <sighs> so there were plenty of things. Gymnastics? Nope. Gymnastics didn't work for me. Um, you know, there was too much discipline behind a lot, which is funny because ballet has a lot of discipline. I but I say, don't think I was I the most disciplined ballet, ballet <laughs> dancer either. Okay, because Gymnastics does have a lot of discipline. It yeah. is. But it's also different depending on... I, I think it's hilarious seeing watching like those people that uh, like men trying to do women's gymnastics mm-hmm. 
because it's it's very very different. Oh, There's yeah. a lot more discipline in women's gymnastics than there is in men's. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah. everything is about they take points off if your toes aren't pointed and I will never forget. Like that'll like it's it's funny to me now mm-hmm. because like whenever we do literally any kind of stretching or anything working out, you know girls are like, "Oh, how do you do this or how do you do that?" Like they do their cartwheels and I'm like it bugs me so much when I watch you guys do your cartwheels. And like I tell them like learn how to point your toes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Why?" It's because it's pretty. That's literally all it is. It's oh, yeah. pretty. Well, at the end of the day, you're not going to land on your toes. It's gymnastics, but you have to point them because it's pretty. And and <laughs> ballerinas are always more pretty than male ballet dancers, right? Mm-hmm. Because ballerinas have point shoes. Yeah. Ballerinas have tutus. Ballerinas have elegant, flowing, beautiful yeah. things. We are literally supposed to be able to just take you, put you up in the air, and then do cool dances that look like we're fighting. I mean, really, a lot of our dances, that's what they were. It's like, okay, when, you, when you're sitting there and you're going through it, when you see, you know, um, like Google Tour Jeté, right? Tour Jeté is a beautiful, beautiful move. When you watch women do Tour Jetés, they're beautiful, they're tight, they're elegant, they're just, you know, they're quick, and it's just this flowing movement. When guys do it, we're like up in the air, just looking like we're going to be like three spins away from kicking the crap out of you know, mutant animals behind us before we land and push, push our chests out and be like, what up, bitch? You know, that's the way that we were. It was just it's funny to look at that. A woman runs up to a male ballet dancer, jumps in the air. and We pick her up and we don't flinch when that, you know, 90 pound girl gets there and we just lift her straight up like she weighs nothing right that's us that's our job meanwhile this beautiful delicate flower is above us and man like she has to have her knee bent right her um, you know her point toe has to be pointing right everything's just different so okay sorry anyways (laughs) well we're at the end of our episode so so with that don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. And that would be stupidpodcastsoneverything.com where we can go to our blog, take a look at a lot of articles, expanding on a lot of stuff that we talk about. And we would love to hear you on social media. So until we talk to you tomorrow on our morning grind, peace out with you. Peace out. Bye.